Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. In today's Gospel lesson, there are two important facts that deserve our attention. First, and we must never forget this first one, God invites us to join Him in His kingdom. He wants us in heaven. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. The parable tells us that God wants us with him in his kingdom at the wedding feast. He shows us a great honor by inviting us to be with him, with the king. That's the first thing to note. God wants you to be with him in heaven, his kingdom forever. He wants you to rejoice with him, to celebrate with him, and with his son, as well as with all other Christians. This is the gospel. This parable includes the preaching of God's word. God, our king, sends out his servants into the world to invite guests to come to Christ's wedding feast to fill the hall. The party may begin and never end. Pastors preach and people listen. Christians go out and share the good news with their neighbors. God wants us with him in his kingdom. He wants you to be with him in heaven. The Son of God went to great lengths to rescue the church, his bride. To to the greatest length, actually. The Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus, left the glory of his father's throne room in heaven and donned the clothing of a peasant, the flesh of man, to infiltrate the dark and dank den of thieves where he let them capture and kill him. These robbers, and thieves, and murderers, sinners, in order to save his beloved church from her captor, and the executioner's blade that she was to face. He stormed the dungeon, broke her bonds, and took her place at the guillotine to win her hand in marriage. That's what Christ's crucifixion and resurrection are. That's the gospel. The good news of the happily ever after Jesus earned for himself and for his bride, the church, us. What king wouldn't want to celebrate such a hard-earned wedding? His son is a man of courage. He proved himself to be a man of valor and virtue, a humble champion dedicated to his bride. Possessing integrity and perfect dignity, self-sacrificing and loving in full manliness, protecting, preserving, and providing a way for his cherished church to live with him forever. He honored his father. And the king wants to rejoice over the redeemed. He wants to celebrate the church and her Christ. He wants you with him in heaven. 
You've been invited to the wedding feast that will never end. Guys, that party's never going to stop. That's exciting. The sacrament following this sermon has been instituted by Christ for his bride as a foretaste of the heavenly feast that awaits us. A constant reminder to you of the reality that your God and King wants you to be with him in his kingdom. Oh, how good our God is. The second important fact that deserves our attention comes at the end of Jesus' parable. Though God's wedding hall is filled with the guests, there are some with hard hearts who think they can enter heaven however they want, on their terms, according to the fantasy they foster in their minds that says everyone goes to heaven when they die. That's just how it is. This is a grave mistake that comes to an eternally dreadful end. The second aspect of the parable, the one the devil definitely doesn't want you to learn, is that there is only one way into heaven. One gate. God's way. You must wear the proper clothing to attend this royal wedding. Christ's wedding garment is what you must don. The good news is that it's freely given to everyone. Provided by your king. You don't have to come up with it yourself. He gives it to you with his invitation. The wedding garment is the robe of righteousness. Each of us is given with our invitation to the wedding feast. The ballroom gown of baptism. The tuxedo of trust. Worn in faith in Christ. Anyone who thinks he can get into heaven without the water of baptism and the preached word of the gospel, apart from the entrance instituted by our king. He disregards what Jesus went through on the cross to earn each of our wedding garments, to earn each guest's invitation to that great banquet, each guest's forgiveness of sins. So the king throws the wedding crasher into the outer darkness, because that person did not listen to his invitation. He dismissed the way into heaven, yet arrogantly arrived expecting the king to roll over and let him in. Here I am, let's get it on. It's time to party. This proud person's appearance at the wedding without a wedding garment, that is, apart from baptism and the word of God, reveals a disposition toward God, our king, that is nothing if not insulting. He reveals that he doesn't know his host. He reveals his sinful hubris, pride, entitlement, arrogance, self-centeredness. He says, God, I will live life my way. I'm going to ignore your constant invitation to join you in heaven because in a word, it's inconvenient. I find it to be very inconvenient. I'll go about my life putting my time and all of my attention and energy toward my daily activities and interests, which do not include you. 
I'm going to push you and your servants away from me. Keeping conversations with Christians focused only on the superficial things of life. I will ignore the concern and the Christ-centered correction that your clergy offer me. Their guidance always seems to come at the most inopportune time. The church, you know, is stuffy and dry. I find it to be quite boring. I'm going to disregard what your scriptures say about doctrine and worship. And instead, how about this? You can join me at whatever I'm doing on Sunday morning and we'll call that church. Sound good? The cross of Christ, well, no, that's not my salvation. That's nothing more than a symbol of my attempt to silence your son when he came with your word. I don't want to be troubled by your bothersome and boring beatitudes and benedictions. But God, know this. Know that when I die, I will expect you to bless me with everything you invited me to receive while I was alive. I do expect that. I will come into heaven, and you will accept me, because that's what I think a loving God should do. I heard about your wedding garment, about baptism and the preached word, But to be honest, I prefer my own clothes. They're so much more fashionable than yours. If you don't understand, Lord, well, too bad. You want me in heaven, don't you? Well, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. Take it or leave it. God will leave it, just so you know. He won't take it. As Jesus says, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. He's God. Not me. Not you. Him. To convince ourselves that we can ignore God's word without consequence is foolishness. And yet we do it all the time. As the parable teaches, it will result in the worst of all possible consequences. Eternity in the outer darkness of hell. And yet this is the way we approach God almost daily, isn't it? He and his church are an annoyance, even to us who belong to it, who are part of it. Our sinner, the old Adam within us, finds God and his church to be just a little bit annoying and inconvenient. Yet we expect him to roll out the red carpet and be our divine bellhop when we die. To open the door to heaven and say, come on in. I've been waiting for you. We expect him to serve our whim and will as if we were the king and he was the pauper. As if he's honored to have us in his presence instead of the other way around. The first thing this lesson teaches us is that God wants us to be with him in heaven. That's why we can never forget that. He does want us to be with him. That's what this parable and that's what all of Scripture is about. But to join him, we must humble ourselves and be honest with who we are and who he is and receive that wet and bloody wedding garment of baptism into Christ's crucifixion. We must surrender our lives to him and live according to his revealed will. He has spoken.
He is good. He is the King. We must put our faith in the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. We must repent of thinking we're the center of the universe, that we're special, and God will be so blessed to have me. Not everybody else, but this guy, yeah, for sure. This is foolishness. And the honest and humble person knows it's foolishness. God wants you with him in heaven. Not because he needs to level up the cool factor of the divine kingdom. It's already as cool as it can get. I can't wait to experience that amount of cool. He wants you with him because he is a loving and gracious God who wants to share his cool with you. And so he's chosen to show you favor, grace, mercy, and love. This is why Jesus went to the cross. He needed, he needed to retrieve something for you. It was a quest. He needed to get you your wedding garment. That's what he was doing on that cross. Slaying the dragon, rescuing the princess. He was getting you your robe of righteousness so you could be invited and then accept that invitation and enter into heaven according to his will and his way, the only way. Clothed with Christ, you will never be thrown out into the outer darkness. Rest assured. That outer darkness is reserved for those who make it clear during life by their words and or actions, clear to God, I should say, that they don't really want to spend eternity in his presence. And so he's good and gracious and won't force them to. Don't want to be here? Don't have to be. But when you peer in and see all the fun going on, just know you made the decision. You didn't want to be here. They don't really want to spend eternity with him. Baptized believers in Christ crucified, on the other hand, you, those who hear the invitation to the wedding feast, those that know the king has prepared for his son and his bride a royal banquet, you and every other Christian like you, you will remain in the kingdom forever. Partying, getting down, dancing better than I can. Because you're redeemed. Because you're repentant. And because you are now rejoicing that God wants you with him in his kingdom. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.